What's up, Story Geeks? We are live with our reaction to the rise of Skywalker. And today it is actually just uh, Nick Duke and I. Nick, how you doing? Doing good. Yeah. We had uh, Daryl was supposed to join us as well, but Daryl is getting over a cold. I think this is the hazards you put up with with <laughs> having a family and having kids. <laughs> kids are going to give you colds from time to time shared, more often. Shared immune system. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So we are going to, uh, this is very much a spoiler podcast. So if you have not seen The Rise of Skywalker yet, uh, definitely do not listen to this unless you really want to be spoiled about it. Uh, Nick and I are going to give um, a lot, we're going to dig deeper into it. Mm -hmm. We'll be giving our opinions as well, but there's a billion people doing that. Yeah. So I want to take this in a slightly different direction and talk a little bit more about digging deeper into the themes, but also talking about why things work or why things don't as opposed to just saying we didn't like this just thinking about it from a storytelling standpoint now you're a writer so mm -hmm. i'm a writer you're a writer uh it should be by the way if i haven't told anybody who i am this is jay Shear, <laughs> jay Shear, author of the time travel novel time slingers um so i want us to get deeper into it in that regard as well so you're not just hearing another yet another internet opinion <laughs> about the rise of skywalker <laughs> yeah. About why you hated it or not so we'll be getting a little bit deeper into it the first thing i want to do though i i mentioned that um our other uh co-host daryl smith is sick he did send me i said hey why don't you send me like a couple sentences to read about how you felt about it mm -hmm. so we'll start there and then i'll prompt us with some more discussion especially as other people are jumping onto the feed um live hopefully we'll get a few more folks in there we won't be mm -hmm. able to respond a lot to the prompts live um just because of the way it this will work uh we won't be able to do that too much um but it should be good it should be good anyways um here's daryl's opinion daryl said i think the rise of skywalker is a masterful conclusion to the saga there are a few clunky story beats and some elements that are probably not really necessary but it's so emotionally satisfying and so fun to watch so that was daryl mm -hmm. daryl's take on that we were talking just before the show started, and I said, "Nick, how did you? Which, how are you currently reacting to this?" So before we dig deeper, just just real quick, like how how have you been reacting to it? Uh, it's interesting because I had the an opposite reaction to when I walked out of uh, the Last Jedi. Oh, okay. when I walked out of the Last Jedi, I was like, "I'm not sure if I like that or not." But the more I thought about it, it's like. Oh yeah, no, I really did like that. Mm. And the more I thought about it, I could get um, deeper into the themes of the story. I was like, wow, I, I wasn't thinking about that as I was watching it, but yeah. now I see it and it made me want to watch it again and again and again. <laughs> cool. um, uh, Rise of Skywalker, I walked out of going, I, I liked that, it was fun. And then um, as I laid in bed at night thinking about it, I was like, I'm not sure if I liked it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, my my gripes with the movie are uh, more on a deeper level than I, I feel like it. It's really easily enjoyable. Um, I feel like it has some of like the best moments in any Star Wars movie. Mm. Uh, some of the like greatest payoffs, some of the mm. coolest um, action scenes, and ever mm. like in any Star Wars movie, to me is the the most beautifully shot beautifully like directed star wars movies just mm. everything from um from a from the directing level down to uh just like little production design things like mm. the, the blending of the 
of CG and practical was like, it's getting really seamless over there at ILM. Yeah. And like, I'm starting not to see, like even in the Force Awakens, you would see like a practical character with like a CG <laughs> <Right>. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you kind of see it, but in here it's started, it's getting to that point where I'm like, I can't really tell. And I'm like, I'm, I'm loving living in this, in this universe, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so with the movie overall, the more I, I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of in this this neutral ground, but I can definitely see myself watching this movie along with and any of the other Star Wars mm. movies multiple times and finding uh, things to enjoy about it more than I uh, don't enjoy from yeah. it. So. Now, now, now you've seen it the one time. Is that yep. enough times for you to say where you think it fits in your current ranking of the nine? Or, or even even beyond that to Rogue One and Solo as well. Oh man, yeah, it's it's starting to get up there in like the number of Star Wars movies to rank. It's like, <laughs> I know there's like too many. <laughs> like, there's so many. Yeah. Um, I I would say if I if I broke it down, uh, distilled it down even further within this new trilogy. Yeah. I would put it, um, it as like Last Jedi, Force Awakens, and then this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you like um, the the Ryan Johnson film the best? I do. Okay. Um just i mean for for many reasons one mm -hmm. of them just being um it was the to me the first time it went um uh deeper with its themes and its characters uh since um empire strikes back mm -hmm. um just uh really surprising um but also like you can watch it on a on a pure like action adventure movie level yeah. but then you can uh sit down afterwards and think about the character's decisions the mm. um the way uh the events take place mm. throughout the movie um and how that comes together to tell uh this cohesive story mm. um but yeah so so far uh rise of skywalker and it's hard when you're doing a third act movie. You sure, know? sure, sure. You're paying off. It literally tons is a third. It's supposed to be a third act too. Like, yeah, like probably, probably it's supposed to be the last half of this. If you took the second half and divided it in kind of fourths, you're getting like the last fourth of the second act, and then the full third act. That's this mm -hmm. film. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's the kind of the yeah the modality of it. Yeah, and it's it, you know it's wrapping up eight other movies yeah and it's it's really hard to do that and like if you're if judging it just just on that level yeah. it's like it does a really really good job of paying off an entire saga right, right. um which I I, re I really respected that yeah um but I you know it going back to the the original trilogy too I put Return of the Jedi on the on the end of that ranking as well because yeah. you have to pay off empire and a new hope correct so third act movies to me don't usually make it up there on my list right of ra uh, on a ranking list right um so i think it it fits where it's supposed to yeah <laughs> on my list yeah it's interesting uh, so I'll, I'll do your ranking first because i hadn't yeah. thought of this before but i would say see see the the last jedi in my opinion is my least favorite of the mm -hmm. new of the sequel trilogy mm -hmm. um and there's specific reasons for that it's a gorgeous film it some some of the reasons you just listed yeah are actually my reverse reasons really i think it's the best directed film of the three okay so you you talked about like the rise of skywalker being a really well directed yeah. film mm -hmm. i would say in my opinion the last jedi is the best directed of the films mm. um some of it I'm beginning to realize as I've been watching Ryan Johnson movies recently are some of it, some of them I, I have gripes 
with him as a storyteller mm-hmm. where I go, oh man, you, you're really frustrating me with the way that you're telling this story. Mm. Um, and so it's not necessarily, uh, and I think there are some of his things that you can see in Knives Out that also are problems with The Last Jedi. And I'm like, okay, that's just, he's trying to do something. He's mm-hmm. trying to be unique. But in his in his quest to be unique, I feel like he actually, sub, his subversion of storytelling techniques causes us to as as people watching the films it causes mm-hmm. us to our brains to hurt yeah yeah you can subvert yeah. uh <laughs> typical storytelling techniques yeah all you want but sometimes like it's a thing it's like you got to know the rules before you break it exactly so exactly. like you can break the rules but it you might not break the rule in an in a way that's going to um absorb into our into yes. our minds and and allow us to accept it yeah exactly and i think okay so so here, i'm gonna so here's what i would like to do to start out with this um this whole conversation um i want to talk a little bit about before we jump into like specific aspects i want to talk about from the force awakens through to the rise of skywalker we've had two different directors um there's a lot of conflicting information about how much of the story was um, already set up to be told um, starting with movie one or even before movie one came out. We do know that Ryan Johnson had cre- uh, complete creative control over his movie mm-hmm. relative to working with Lucasfilm, meaning he yeah. didn't have to run anything by JJ Abrams. He was just no. working with Lucasfilm. Well, and at that time too, JJ didn't think he was coming back. Correct. Yeah. We had Colin so, Trevorrow yeah. that was going to actually come back for the third one. That's right. And he actually, uh, if you looked at the end credits, which I like to watch the end credits, so I like to see mm-hmm. like who, who's getting the writing credit. Who's yeah. getting, and Colin Trevorrow actually has a story credit. Still. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a guild thing. You can't get away with it. Yeah. Like, if, if you do some work on a movie and they you're get rid of you, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're in there. That's yeah. exactly right. Um, so here, here I'm going to put, I'm going to put forth, uh, some of the things that I think happened in the storytelling that make you either like or dislike what's going on here Mm -hmm. and then we can we can you and i can discuss what that looks like in in more depth i think that essentially when the force awakens was was set up uh jj abrams felt like it was very important that legacy be a part of the series Mm -hmm. and he specifically started foreshadowing things in the force awakens that would make us question what Ray's lineage was and how mm. she fit into the story. At the same time, he had um, Ben Solo, Kylo Ren rejecting legacy. And so you have mm. Ray like not knowing what her legacy was, and you have Kylo Ren actively rejecting this, you know, rejecting his legacy. And mm. and although, although I will say he was not rejecting um the legacy of Vader, he was fulfilling the legacy yeah. of Vader while rejecting the legacy of, of Han and Leia and Luke. Um, and so you had that set up in the first film and then in the second film, I think that, uh, the reason the third film has parts of it that are very Daryl's word is clunky. I'll just agree with that Mm -hmm. as some things that are very clunky is in part what happened in the second film comparative to what the first film was suggesting would happen. So when you, most of the movie's issues relative to not having enough time to finish, which is, I think, the biggest problem for The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. It's trying to fit in so many things into this film that should have really been two films, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Did you, um, don't want to interrupt, but yeah, yeah. Um, 
I didn't look at the run. What, do you know what the runtime is? For it's about that? two hours and 35 minutes, I believe. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's so it, a typical kind of Star Wars length. Yes. Maybe it's a little like a longer. very long Hollywood movie. Like, yeah. you have, obviously, you have, like, you know, the three-hour movies, but mm-hmm. that's, like, usually frowned upon by theater yeah. owners and things, right? Yeah. Um, and studios, because you can't make as much money at mm-hmm. a certain point. Um, but if you take a look at what had to happen, right? Let's take a look at what happened in The Last Jedi to set up The Rise of Skywalker from a storytelling perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two things, two major uh, points there. Actually, maybe three major points there that need to be factored in before we even start to look at The Rise of Skywalker. The Mm -hmm. first is Snoke's death. Mm -hmm. Snoke's death sets up a giant problem for the next story. Because you always have to increase the consequences and increase the evil that exists in the world. Mm -hmm. You can't go back on that. You can't go, okay, well, we had a really, really bad evil thing. And then the next movie is going to have something not that bad. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you have to go up. You have to increase the stakes. Yeah. Uh, This is the third act as we talked about. The third act has to have major stakes in it. If you take Snoke off the table, you only have two choices left here. One is to make Kylo Ren that Mm -hmm. big bad for Mm -hmm. the last film. Or you introduce some new big bad. Problem is, you can't really introduce a giant new big bad no. without referring back to something else that was already a big bad. Because no. otherwise, it will hurt your brain to say, like, now who's the new person? Yeah. Give me a break, right? So you'd have to take either Kylo and make him the super bad. You'd have to, you'd have to take uh, Hux and make him the super bad. That would be almost impossible yeah. based on how he was showcased in The Last mm-hmm. Jedi. You it's a punching bag. <laughs> yeah. So you could take Kylo Ren and make him the big bad, but then mm-hmm. you'd run against a uh, typical expectation that Star yeah. Wars fans have. That makes redemption harder. It makes redemption almost yeah. impossible, right? Yeah. Somebody else has to be redeemed because if you're making Kylo the big bad, like how are you going to do that? Unless you some somehow make him possessed by somebody else, but then mm-hmm. the other person's still the big bad, not Kylo. Yeah. So if you take Snoke off the table, you have to increase the stakes in movie number three. But mm-hmm. how are you going to do that? You either make Kylo worse mm-hmm. or you bring somebody else in, in into play. Mm-hmm. All of those, all of that is then going to, you have to deal with Rey's lineage. If she's a nobody, uh, if she continues to be a nobody as Kylo Ren told her she was in The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. then you have to ask the question of, okay, if she's a nobody, then where does the where do the powers come from? How do the powers make sense? Like that's not typically been done in the Skywalker saga before. So you have to double down on The Last Jedi's messaging. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that in the third film, basically J.J. Abrams goes, well, they took Snoke off the table. What in the world can I put back on the table to make mm-hmm. a bigger bad? I'm not, there's no way I'm taking Kylo down that path. We already have a whole group of people that love Kylo Ren's character and think he's amazing and want to see him redeemed. There's a thing called Ben Demption out there. Yeah. This is Star Wars. We expect there to be mm-hmm. a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. So I got I got to have a bigger a bigger bad on the table. If you go all the way back to A New Hope, who was the bigger bad even from moment one? Right, we never saw mm-hmm. him on screen until yeah. well, he's he's a he's a uh, he's a hologram in Empire, right? In Empire, he's just a hologram. He's just yeah. a hologram. But we know that he was still com- in charge of commanding everything at this point, mm-hmm. even from A New Hope. You yeah, know, even before New Hope. So. J.J. Abrams, I think it's pretty obvious that he would just go, oh, we're putting Palpatine back on the table. Palpatine has mm-hmm. been orchestrating everything since the beginning. Like mm-hmm. Ever since the beginning, it's always been about Palpatine. 
that choice makes sense. Now the question is, where does Ray's lineage matter and how does Ray's lineage matter? Mm -hmm. How is she so powerful and what theme am I predominantly trying to work with here? And one of the most, between, I think the two most popular themes to me in Star Wars are redemption and family, right? Yes. Rejecting loneliness and, and mm -hmm. living into your friends and family and your community. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't think, so, so my take is the reason you see some clunkiness in the Rise of Skywalker is because of them trying to figure out what to do after The Last Jedi. I wish what they would have done is said, we're just going to make two more movies. Mm -hmm. why not like when yeah you, it's star wars you can do whatever you I, want to a We're nice gonna... even number too. then, you, <laughs> right, then exactly. you get to say star wars x you know yeah, for the next right. movie exactly who exactly who wouldn't go see star wars x so i so just by putting that out there i think that's where any problems that you have with the rise of skywalker mm -hmm. in my opinion are going to stem from those particular things mm -hmm. anything you want to bring up you, anything you want to throw at us even if you're in the chat and you want to throw something at us we might get to it later in the show but mm -hmm. if you want to throw that at us, I'm all I can almost guarantee you that it is a problem relative to the death of Snoke mm -hmm. um, and trying to say, like, who's right about Ray's lineage and mm -hmm. how are they right about Ray's lineage? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so any thoughts on that? Particular? Yeah, I'm that's something I have a thought about in particular in regards to Snoke is um, I think think maybe a better way to have gone would have been to wait to introduce Snoke until The Last Jedi mm. in I mean if they're already following or as Lucas says you know these movies rhyme with each other right 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 um if if you're already following that kind of uh classic Star Wars template I don't I don't think that's like a glaring ripoff to do something like that because right. then like you get to introduce and build up Kylo Ren, like you do Vader yeah. in A New Hope. Right. And then you give him some more to do in the next movie. And yeah. then you give a little uh hologram, a little piece of the of the big bat. Cause I mean that's that's the Jaws thing, right? Like you right. you get you're more scared of the villain. Yep. Or you're scared of the monster the yep. less you see them. Right. But like we're introduced to Snoke like immediately in Force Awakens. Exactly. So I think that might have um been stronger if they kind of followed that Palpatine um, formula. Yeah, from so that you're movie. suggesting that the biggest bad of the Rise of Skywalker would not have been Palpatine, but would have been Snoke. Yeah, because yeah. I think you run into some problems too when you reintroduce Palpatine. It's like it kind of diminishes what Vader did at the end of Jedi, right? With you know fulfilling his redemption arc and you know killing evil. Yeah. Uh, seemingly for once and for all because then it just <laughs> right. means like oh well he was never really gone he just fell down like i maintain I, I think i said this before like it any star wars character if they just if they fall down a giant shaft <laughs> yeah they're alive they're alive <laughs> right, right, right. every single person that's fallen down a yeah. giant shaft has lived um, not only that, but if if Palpatine tells you that something is your destiny, it is for sure not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I'm 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 curious to see how the how the story would have unfolded, going more in that direction. Mm. Um, although, like, we wouldn't have gotten that amazing turn in the Last Jedi where um, Kylo kills Snoke. Yeah, and then. Uh, chaos ensues right, and that right. ama uh, just amazing red room scene. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, 
it, it was cool seeing the emperor again though it's it's i was yeah. i was sitting there going oh all right so how are we going to explain this what is the what is <laughs> right. what is the uh, reasoning here right and you don't get it but <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna give you yeah, that. Yeah. yeah go read um, one of the books as you but, buy another book yeah um but yeah like maybe having snoke be just like the big bad giving him because I, I i like that we never got his backstory mm. in force awakens and none in last jedi even in this it's like sure he was made yeah by emperor palpatine but like what was he supposed to be why did if he's like this clone creature why is he so scarred and like yeah 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 you know i if he was just a puppet that yeah. that makes sense but like right what makes that species yeah of alien yeah special to the emperor you know? well and this is this is what i think um so i'm not gonna sit here and trash on the last jedi a bunch because mm -hmm. i like the last jedi i mm -hmm. i have some serious issues with it yeah now that i've finished the series i have even more issues with it because mm -hmm. of what it again you could you could make the argument that oh no it's jj abrams fault that that there's clunkiness in the rise of skywalker which i also really like well, by the way i love the rise of yeah, skywalker you you also have to take into account the amount of time they had to make this movie. Oh, it's ridiculous. Because yeah. Colin Trevorrow was doing <laughs> the, right, the third right. movie and they were like, we don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> JJ, get right. back here. Like, right. really? Exactly. You, like, you want you want me to come back? Yeah. yeah, we need you to make a Star Wars movie and it needs to come out yeah, like, exactly. in like a year and a half. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and yeah. so like he had to, yeah. he had to finish off a nine movie saga. Yep. Exactly. In a really short amount of time. Yeah. yeah, this is, this is, here's the problem. Here's the problem. So this is, uh, I say this after watching Knives Out. I've seen Brick. Mm -hmm. I've seen. I haven't watched Looper in a while. I have to go back and watch mm -hmm. Looper. Um, one of the things that I think Ryan Johnson does really well that sort of hurts your brain, as I was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. right? So, by the way, the secret of storytelling. Just to, 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 if you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering, like, hey, Jake keeps talking about storytelling. Like, what is mm -hmm. what is he talking about? The secret of storytelling is to make a satisfying story for a human being's brain mm -hmm. our brains are wired for storytelling storytelling is literally the way that the brain uh ingests information to interpret the world around it and understand mm -hmm. the world around it mm -hmm. so we're constantly asking ourselves why 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 mm -hmm. if you do not fill in the whys or if you subvert the whys in a way that makes me question Oh, I, I didn't get the answer I expected to that. Why? Not only that, but the answer I'm now getting no longer makes sense. Mm -hmm. Or in the case I'm going to bring up, the answer to the why I feel like was foreshadowed to be a bigger deal than it actually ends up being. Mm -hmm. The brain feels cheated. Yeah. And so what happens is, and, and have you seen Knives Out? Yes. Okay. For those listening, I won't spoil a lot Knives Out, but I will say this. I will say that there is a moment in that film where someone is martyred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, that happens at the very beginning of the film. Um, there's a moment in that film where he starts to, again, do something that is a twist. Yes, a twist being an unexpected occurrence wherein the whole audience kind of gasps. Mm -hmm. Now, twists are amazing. The brain loves twists because the brain goes, oh, that was not what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. Now, you still have to capitalize on the whys that twist happened mm -hmm. so that the brain is satisfied. Right? Yeah, it has to make sense. The it has to make the sense. The clues uh, can point you in one direction, but yes. they could also point in another direction. 100%. Yeah. The problem with twists that happen before the 
uh, I'll say the before the second half of Act Two, mm-hmm. or even even if you're midpoint, the midpoint of your movie, the very center minute of your movie, or that that in that vicinity, if your midpoint happens around that time or before that time, or your twist happens in that in that regard, the problem is is that it usually means that an even bigger twist is coming around your second plot point before mm-hmm. you head into your resolution. Right. And so then what happens is your brain the whole time is going. Well, you made that twist. That must mean the game is afoot. Mm-hmm. What else is going to happen here? Yeah. Well, one of the things that Ryan Johnson does is he includes his twists early enough in the film that your brain is kind of constantly. I thought that Knives Out was going to do something that it did not even get into no. because I thought the twist was going to get to be a bigger twist, but it doesn't. It just plays itself out. Mm-hmm. So that's the same thing that happens with The Last Jedi. Whoa, you yeah. killed Snoke? Yeah. Twist, right? <laughs> now, what am I expecting? Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm expecting the bigger twist to occur later on. Now, in mm-hmm. this regard, we can look at it as not being a part of that film, but being a part of the next film. Because, again, mm-hmm. we're like you said, we're dealing with a three-act uh, thing mm-hmm. that is not one movie. It's yeah. three movies that are that are each an act, right? Yeah. So the, the problem is J.J. Abrams is going, well, Snoke's off the table. So either Snoke's not off the table, and that's the twist. So mm-hmm. you think it's, he's, he's dead, but he's not. Pretty unsatisfying for the brain because the brain goes, but that moment mm-hmm. meant something. Yeah. Did it, if it didn't mean yeah. anything, then why did I watch it? I was mm-hmm. so enthralled in that moment. Or I can bring somebody bigger and bolder onto the scene that goes like, yeah, I was using Snoke the whole time because I'm the mastermind, yeah. right? And of course, at that point in time, his options are very limited with what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to say we're, again, digging deeper into this film because we're not just giving our opinions. We both like the film. Mm-hmm. I think I probably liked it a little bit more than you did, but maybe mm-hmm. not as much as Daryl did. I would I would say and see if you agree with this, moving off of that topic specifically and saying that's why it's kind of clunky in a lot of different ways. There are some other ways that it's kind of clunky that I think mm-hmm. are maybe I don't want to say petty because I don't want to give J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson intentionality that's no. not actually not there. Yeah, it's it's hard when this is I feel like this is what um George Lucas did well for the original trilogy. Yeah. It has a cohesion and like yes, w- uh each movie with one another yep. because it has one vision. Yes. and one one uh writer voice. Yep. And it's very rare to do like big movies like this. Yeah. And have multiple voices telling one story. Correct. Um, and have them like all respecting what came before, what's going to come after. Right, right, right. Exactly. And so like when you when you throw in multiple people into telling one story, <laughs> like I feel like um Last Jedi respects The Force Awakens a lot. Yeah. It doesn't go like forget everything that happened there. This is what's going on. I, I, I feel like the rise of Skywalker kind of overlooks last Jedi. Uh, like you can almost watch force awakens. Yeah. And then the rise of Skywalker and not even watch it, the last like, Jedi. <laughs> and just go like, and, and like yeah. in the beginning show where like Luke dies, like, yeah, like, like yeah, Luke, yeah, yeah, Luke yeah. and Snoke dying. Yeah. Are the pretty much the two only things that yeah. are acknowledged about the last Jedi <laughs> in the rise of Skywalker. It's so true. So yeah. you could, they're all force awakens yeah. and rise of Skywalker are pretty much sequels to each other. That's true. Yeah. It, which again, it goes to the single vision type thing. So, yeah. so I, I, so I'm, 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 I'm actually, the reason why I tell you all of that storytelling stuff mm-hmm. and about why I think Snoke 
um and Ray's lineage get like subverted in the last jedi which then makes it more challenging the reason i say all of that is because i'm a big fan of all star wars movies mm -hmm. even too. going back into the the phantom menace i me still too. love it for those for me reasons too. i love it right so the point of me saying all of those things is actually not to critique it from a standpoint of saying i don't like it because the reason why i'm saying that is well mm -hmm. what do you expect to happen <laughs> like yeah. i'm sorry it's gonna be a little clunky because there's mm -hmm. not one visionary person mm -hmm. behind it all saying like, well, I know where it's going because yeah. I've been thinking about this story for 20 years. You know yeah. what I mean? I've already played with that option. I've already played with that option. Like you said, JJ Abrams was handed something and be like, Oh, can you play in this world again? Oh, yeah. by the way, all this other stuff happened. Yeah. You know, like, oh, well that's not what I would have done. So yeah. now what am I going to do? Uh -huh. You know, but I, I do want to concentrate a little bit on the storytelling aspects that I think are really fantastic and I think a lot of them are all about nostalgia. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that I think J.J. Abrams did, and this is something that um, I think that uh, Zack Snyder is actually really good at too, just in a very different way. They give a, they gave us, um, both directors give us moments, mm -hmm. like amazing moments. Mm -hmm. The plot, if you were to sit down and say like, well, wait a minute, let me think about the plot for a second. You'd be like, oh, that's a problem. Oh, wait, that's mm -hmm. a problem too. Like, why did they include that? I don't understand. They didn't give me an answer. What What's going on? But what they do give you is, is, a, is a strong sense of nostalgia that they can rely upon mm -hmm. knowing that they moved you emotionally as an yeah. audience member. Mm -hmm. So let's go through that. What are some of the nostalgic emotional moments that really impacted you? In The Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, let's see. I'm trying to think of stuff that happened early on. There's not a lot of stuff that happens early on, but um, like my my all-time favorite one in the yeah. whole movie is um, the scene where um, at this point he's Ben Solo now is seeing his dad again. That was, and I agree. That's one of the best moments in the movie. It's it's not so much that. Yeah. It's when he ben finally breaks down and he goes like dad and han says i know <laughs> i loved like that was nice. i loved that yeah um uh, i was like wasn't a huge fan of I, I felt like the scene was just a copy paste from force awakens oh, into rise so of skywalker you, oh, so you didn't like that as much I, I here's the thing yeah i loved the moment i yeah. i like i can appreciate fan fan service and yeah. things and and nostalgia yeah um Again, but if I sit down and like think about that scene, um, it's it feels like a copy paste moment from Force Awakens right. with a different ending on it. Like, <laughs> right, instead right, of right. stabbing, yeah. like I, the whole time it was happening, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it would be so funny if he just stabbed him again, <laughs> like twice, <laughs> twice." Um, you know, instead of him uh, stabbing his father, he you know throws his lightsaber away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I just don't think uh, story wise you can. When you're showing a character change, yeah, you you can't do the same scene mm. again and mm. go look how they changed. Ah. I I would have been more satisfied if it was just Leia's death that did it for him. Oh, uh, okay. Like, because he has a physical reaction where he just quits in yeah, the middle yeah, of the yeah. fight. Yeah. And allows himself to be impaled. I don't like. I don't know if they could have pulled that off from an audience perspective, only yeah. because of how beloved Han Solo is. Yeah, because if you had said like, okay, well, Leia's death was what he brought him around, which I think Leia's death is partially what brings him around, right? Yes, because she she kind of indicates that. I, I don't remember the exact line. I mean, let's face it. Like, I've only seen this movie once, and there's so mm -hmm. much going on in this movie. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to watch it like ten times yeah. before I really. I do want to watch it at least two more times. Yeah, same. 
Um, but I will be seeing it this week again. But uh, I think that that she indicates like there's only one more way for me to get to him. Mm-hmm. And I think that you could probably into it from that that not only does she reach out to him and kind of let him know that she's dying, even though that does not happen. I'm just saying mm-hmm. there's an indication that it maybe happens, especially because they both um, or uh, Han and Leia fade at the same time. Mm-hmm. The, the memory of Han and Leia yeah. <laughs> fade at the same time. Yeah. Um, but the other thing I think that probably is true is that she is helping trigger that memory in his brain. Yes. Um, and I think for me, it worked really well, uh, not just from the I know thing, mm-hmm. but because I go... I'm sitting here watching Kylo Ren and I kind of felt like he would be redeemed the way that they were setting up his character. Mm-hmm. I think basically JJ Abrams and uh, Ryan Johnson both love that character. They love the mm-hmm. character of Ben Solo. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think either of them would have let him just go to the biggest, baddest guy in the galaxy and then die. You right. know what I mean? Like yeah. it just doesn't seem like something they, that Star Wars. That would, would have been different. It would have been. Oh yeah. It I mean, like, part of me was rooting for it. In yeah, a way. I, I, <laughs> you know? I was too. I was like, oh my god. At the end of Last Jedi, it's like, oh wow, no redemption. Yeah, I wonder exactly. what, how that's going to play out. But then, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so I think that for me, if if he didn't confront what he did to Han, mm-hmm. he could never have been redeemed. Like that was mm-hmm. the defining moment of his. No, I'm, I'm really trying to be a bad guy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm really trying to be a dark side Sith master. Mm-hmm. He had to confront what he did with Han because that was the worst act he's ever done. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he's killed villagers and stuff, but that was not yeah. him doing it. It wasn't his internal character. It wasn't it was, Ben Solo. Yeah, it wasn't Ben Solo. It was just like, oh, I'm the guy. If it's not me, Hux is going to order that this village be destroyed. So who yeah. cares, right? Mm-hmm. But this is something that I personally did. Now I got I to... Gotta, reconcile with that problem right Mm -hmm. in and and then also know that because basically you saying that is han han solo saying i know is han solo Mm -hmm. saying i love you yeah essentially yeah right that's That's why i loved it so much that's the poetry that's and i I, i'm glad that ben didn't get to say i love you yeah like like leia did yeah yeah like he just he jumped in he's like i know what you're gonna say yeah exactly that was good that was really good so Mm -hmm. i I like that scene a lot because Mm -hmm. I, i felt like it had to in order to get me to believe that Ben Solo could be redeemed, I had to see something like that. Mm-hmm. And, that and that scene made me pretty emotional because I did not expect to see uh, Harrison Ford in another yeah, movie. Yeah, that was a huge surprise. <laughs> I think to me that was the biggest <laughs> surprise in the movie. Yeah, I was like, was. I thought you only came back so that the character could die. <laughs> I know. And now you come back yeah, again. Exactly. Now you come back as a memory. Yeah. Uh, I did find the CG on his face. There was some DHing. it looked like they'd done to his face i'm not sure why maybe be, i my wife and i talked about it and i think it was probably because once you die the force is supposed to kind of like renew you to a certain mm-hmm. extent i'm thinking that's maybe why they used that mm-hmm. on his face maybe they didn't use it on his face but i felt like they did it felt like a little maybe. bit just a little cleanup yeah a little cleanup so uh that was one emotional yeah moment. what are some of the other ones you, you um got? i like you know seeing lando in disguise again you know, it's fun yeah. seeing like oh yeah, Lando's him, amazing. Like him swooping in and going, follow me, and yeah, then taking yeah. off his mask. Surprise. And when he brings back all the ships, that's a really satisfying emotional moment too. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's a little end game ish. Like yeah, that's right. Portals that's right. opening up and <laughs> exactly. Everybody coming. Yeah. Um uh seeing Wedge Antilles on the uh Falcon was yeah. cool. Even though it's just a really quick shot. Yes. Um I think I, I wrote it down and I, I had a list of like predictions oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah we yeah. gotta go over those too. Yeah, yeah yeah and one of them was that uh 
seeing i don't know if he was in the the other two movies but uh nine numb oh yeah was there he um, was in uh he was in one of them i don't know if he was was he identified as nine numb though that's the question i, I just I didn't remember. maybe he I saw it and I just thought it was another one of that species. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was actually yeah. Nine Numb. From, yeah, 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 yeah. I was, yeah. I was kind of hoping he would actually be the co-pilot in the uh, in the Falcon with uh, with Lando. Oh, that would the, be awesome. That would have been yeah. pretty great. By uh, the way, I didn't uh, just pick up on the Wedge Antilles deal. Yeah, uh, I did not put two and two together that that was Wedge. It was so fast. Yeah, it was so. It fast. was so fast. Like he literally says, "Like let's go," and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, whatever. What other like nostalgia moments were there? Oh, see, like I didn't expect them to go back to Tatooine. Uh, yeah, T Tunisia. It looked like they really went to Tunisia did, for yeah. that. Yeah, uh, that scene. Um, okay, so let's. Okay, so now let's let's, let's yeah. pause there because I uh, want to talk about that scene specifically. We'll get back to nostalgic moments in a minute, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about that specific nostalgic moment where we go back to. What essentially essentially becomes the binary sons mm -hmm. moment, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I want to walk through this because this is another thing that online is causing lots of controversy, and I want to get your take on it. So in the last scene, mm -hmm. we see a sequence of events happen. She takes the two lightsabers, right. which we now know are Luke and Leia's lightsabers, because we got the really brief scene that no one's talking about, but it's that Luke was training Leia scene. Yeah, like, which was very few people are talking about. Which that. was dope. Which was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved it. And, and by the way, the the Luke CGI in that moment yeah. is ridiculously yeah. good. Um, I think there's, they're probably pulling some footage from one of the old films and then just mm -hmm. inserting it with some CG on top. But it's still, yeah. it's amazing. Um, so she takes their lightsabers, she buries their lightsabers there at um Uncle and Uncle Owen and Aunt Bruce, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh after that, she um reveals her own lightsaber, which she has crafted from her staff. Her staff yeah. Uh and then she lights it and everything. Um, we see this amber. Uh, there's a whole philosophical approach to the lightsaber colors, by the way, um, mm. hearkening back to legends. Um, and a lot of, I saw someone online saying that, um, the amber color is one of the most powerful Jedi colors. Cause it's like the Jedi, the thing is the Jedi Sentinel, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of them. Mm. It's one of the identifications. Again, I think that's all legends, not actual canon. Yeah. So yeah, I was, a, I was actually, I mean, that's something I've yet to kind of mull about is that her color. Yeah. Like, why yeah. That yeah. Color? Yeah. Totally. So, I mean, one of the things I think you could argue is that what you you mix blue and green and you get yellow, right? So, there you go. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, one there of you them, go. right? But uh, so going, but so then she she lights her saber. We see that she's constructed the saber. Um, she then uh, is confronted by the neighbor, right? <laughs> yeah, the random neighbor just appears out of nowhere. <laughs> I like, know. What's your name? Yeah. Ray? No. What's your whole name? That's right. Yeah. Uh, put me on the spot here. Yeah. Uh, we don't want your kind here. Get out yeah. of here. Um, so then she turns to that neighbor and yep. says, Ray Skywalker. Right? Yes. And she has essentially. Uh, now, before I tell you, I tell you what I think is going on in that moment, tell me what you think is going on in that moment. Like, was that impactful to you? Was it a subversion um, of The Last Jedi to you? what's what's happening there i feel like it's bad. it's impactful i mean there's a there's a lot to take out of that and you know i i can see uh the theme that jj was going for in this movie was that like your ancestry or your family doesn't define who you are yeah um and in that moment she's kind of um she's she's 
finished her search for who her biological family was. Right. And she's choosing to be a part of this Skywalker family. Right. Not like adopted in literally into the family, but she's she's she wants to carry on that name mm. as a symbol of hope yes. in the galaxy because it's already legendary. We saw that at the end of Last Jedi with the, right. the kids playing, going like, Luke Skywalker, Jedi yeah. Master. <laughs> you know, so I kind of thought they were going to have her like abandon the name of Jedi mm. and start calling the new Jedi Skywalkers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which... Was that uh, one of your predictions? Uh, I don't... I have to look at my list. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, I think it, you know, there could have been a cool moment there i don't think it's necessarily like a necessary thing yeah but yeah i, I kind of feel like that's part of what was going on there is she's kind of deciding who she wants who who she wants her family to be yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah this is uh i think okay this is what's really fascinating to me right like in the last jedi we got the impression that the jedi order itself was going to end mm -hmm. i think what they're suggesting now is that well no the jedi order was never supposed to end but the way that the jedi think about the jedi order is supposed mm -hmm. to end yeah and what is more powerful than the jedi order well what's more powerful than the jedi order is this sense of community and the mm -hmm. sense of coming together to accomplish things the empire has always been about um uh, being better than and controlling but what if that was not our goal but our goal instead was to come together to be a, in community with one another and help one another grow mm -hmm. um, support one another instead of uh feeling um pushing one another away if you hear mm -hmm. if you ever hear like palpatine with vader or you ever hear with uh you ever hear palpatine with ray or you ever hear vader with uh, or Snoke with Kylo or whoever. Mm -hmm. They're always saying, you're not good enough. You need to get better. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not worthy. I don't accept you. Mm -hmm. Or if I do accept you, it's only so that I can take your power from you. I get, yeah. It's all about the self. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Jedi are supposed to be all about selflessness. Yeah. I do think that one of the things that Ryan Johnson is hinting at in his movie, and this is one of the reasons I liked what he was hinting at, was that when you look at religious orders that are exclusionary and sometimes the Jedi order has been George Lucas himself explored that concept in the prequels, mm -hmm. you instantly create problems. Like it's more about the community and less about the religious rights, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because um, really legalistic. Correct. Like when you get correct. into the uh, things about attachment. Exactly. And right. Like Anakin talks about that in attack of the clones. Um, or uh, Amidala says, are you allowed to love? And he's like, uh... <laughs> right, it's, right, right. Yeah, it's frowned I mean, upon. <laughs> we're, we're encouraged to love, but probably not in the way that you exactly. mean it. Exactly, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so that that introduces it. Like, when you when you start, like, um, cutting off, like, basic emotional, uh, intrinsic things, like, yes. like love, you yes. know, it's like the Jedi want to cut off because, you know, you know, love, you know, leads to like passion and like in that right, passion, right. you become a, you know, attached and you want to control right. and it leads to hate. And yeah, which is you, even part whole, of the Sith code is passion. You know, your passion yeah. fuels them. And so like they go, OK, we'll just cut off that completely and yeah. everything will be good. Yeah. But it's like, it, 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 you know, it you see what happens in someone like Anakin who like. Right. When they try to right. keep that in, like, you know, it 
in turn like can create the Sith. Exactly. So I think what Ryan Johnson was trying to suggest, mm-hmm. which I think is good and we should pay attention to it, is that don't put the religious rights and don't put the like you talked about the regulation, the law over mm-hmm. other people. Like that's not intended. Mm-hmm. And the Jedi and the Sith both get that wrong. The Sith get it real wrong. Yeah, the Jedi get wrong. it a little bit wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, what like what happens with when one flourishes? Exactly. If the Sith flourish, yep. it's it's destruction, it's it's <laughs> right, like control, right, right. oppression. When the Jedi flourish, there's there's peace and justice, but it's like within themselves is the real conflict. Yes, exactly. They're out of balance with themselves. Yeah. Right. So okay. So then um, fast forward to the and I and I think a lot of people are 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 suggesting a lot of people who did not like the rise of Skywalker are suggesting that J.J. Abrams like went back on what. Ryan Johnson was trying to say with some of those messages. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true at all. I think I think JJ Abrams was just saying, no, the Jedi are still intending to be good. It's just that they sometimes don't act in a way that they should. Yeah. Like every human being that's mm-hmm. ever existed. Yeah. And so when she identifies as a Skywalker, I think it's more about uh Ray saying, and tell me how you feel about this, but I think it's more about Ray saying, this whole time I am biologically. Whatever that means, by the way, because we mm-hmm. don't really get the explanation of what was happening. <laughs> was Palpatine creating yeah. clones, or was he actually? Did he have a have a mistress of yeah, some I mean, kind? Well, I mean, they also didn't clarify whether Ray, like the Emperor's offspring, was Ray's, uh, or was a was a daughter or a, a son? Yeah, no, we don't know. Like, we don't know if this it was her dad or her mom that was the yeah Palpatine kid. Yeah, right. So I think. Let's just call it this, though. Biologically speaking, she was identifiable to other people as a Palpatine. Yeah. And she is now saying family. Star Wars has always been about family. Mm-hmm. What J.J. Abrams is now suggesting is we get to choose our family. Mm-hmm. We may have biology that says you're part of this family. And that affects mm-hmm. us DNA-wise. And it affects us uh, genetically speaking. Yeah. But as far as emotionally speaking, we live in an environment wherein we can find community anywhere, even outside of our bloodlines. And our bloodlines shouldn't define us. Mm -hmm. And therefore, by her saying that she's a Skywalker, I don't think what what anybody's suggesting is that um, that is supposed to be some sort of uh, the Skywalkers are the best, and therefore, if you could be in any family in the world, you'd choose Skywalker, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's what it is at all. I think yeah. what it is because because we've already seen that the Skywalker family itself has massive issues. Oh, yeah. um, Han and Leia are not together. Yeah, <laughs> when, well, I mean, you the, know, the story of Skywalker is tragedy. Is tragedy absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But it's hope in that tragedy. Exactly. So. Exactly. And so, so I think what she's saying is not so much. I'm choosing. I'm choosing to be a. If I were to put it in like political terms, I don't think she's saying I'm choosing to be a part of the a one percenter. I'm not yeah. choosing to be a part of the one percent. <laughs> I think she's instead saying, "Who is my family? Mm-hmm. My family is are the people that cared about me the most. The, yeah. my, my family are the people that cared about me and mentored me. And even though they were imperfect, mm-hmm. I am still choosing to identify with them because they've been so impactful to my life. Right. And so I. Uh, that's where I would. That's where I would go with it, <laughs> personally. That's why yeah. I'm seeing it, which is why I'm not offended by it. So mm-hmm. that whole that whole setup. I think that the fact that we start a new hope off. I mean, not quite because the first scene of a new hope is not the binary sons, but 
but the first step in the hero's journey is the binary sons. Mm -hmm. and the fact that we end with binary sons, mm -hmm. I think, is like a cool completion of that thought process. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the prequel trilogy ends with that too. Does it really? Yeah. I don't even remember it's, that. Uh, Who's Owen, standing? It's Owen and Baru oh, holding. Oh, of course. Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So you almost, so you almost had to end it that way. Yeah. In, so, in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. That's oh, that's good. I forgot about that mm -hmm. entirely. That's so true. Um, so just a couple of things, um, a couple of comments that that I, what I want to do is we're going to get into other nostalgic moments, but I also want to get your predictions. Yeah. And I'll share some of my predictions, even though most of them were completely wrong. <laughs> real, real quick though, <laughs> yeah. it's funny you, that you're saying. It, the whole the uh, family thing and Ray choosing the name Skywalker. Uh, uh, I, I saw the movie uh, with my family and uh, my wife. And sh at the end, she had a different reaction. She was like, she's not a Skywalker. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, it's she's she's choosing to be it. Yeah, it's, she's choosing to <laughs> right. be. She's like, no, she should just she should be Palpatine, a Palpatine, Ray Palpatine. And just take the name back, you know. I was like, <laughs> but I was like, I That's don't funny. think you can do that. That's like saying, like, I'm gonna be Ray Hitler. <laughs> you right. know, there's some bad choice. There's some names that you just can't redeem. <laughs> just change the yeah. name. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, it's. I point. just thought that was funny. That is really funny. A um, couple of comments that I'm gonna go to, and then we'll go to your predictions, uh -huh. um, and I'll go to some of my predictions too. Uh, so Jim says, Jim Baldwin, thanks Jim for being a uh, club member of ours, by the way. Thanks, Jim. Uh, did Snoke ever serve a purpose? Um, and just a really quick answer from, from me on that. I think Snoke served a purpose in that Palpatine had to hide himself. Mm -hmm. And so he hid behind. Yeah, he did. He did Snoke. seem pretty weak. I mean, he's powerful oh, enough absolutely. to accomplish certain things, but it's like if they really knew who was behind everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they'd be like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's go get exactly. that guy. It's like this paraplegic villain. Yeah. So they could just go like, oh, let's we just go get him. Else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Mitch says, thanks for listening in, Mitch. Uh, they should have mapped out the trilogy so that even with different directors, with different visions, um, the story would have been clear and had a confident path. Um, and I, we do totally agree Yeah, I'm looking forward to like maybe, I'm sure it'll be like, 10 15 years from now we'll start seeing because we hear with like every movie it's like george lucas came and sat down with ryan johnson he came and sat yeah. down with jj abrams and they <laughs> right. talked about stuff and like i don't see anything that like george lucas would have seems like he would have done no so like i, yeah. I really want to see like the notes of like yeah, J, yeah, like yeah. uh george came in and noted this he said like he thinks yeah. it should go in this direction I'd like to see that. Somewhere. Well, and this gives you, I think, a little bit of an indication how things work at the different studios. Like Kevin Feige is overseeing the MCU yeah. in a way that is ridiculous. Like yes. it's all tied together. There's yeah. there's very few things it, that you're like, what is going on? Yeah, here? and it works because of that cohesion it and like that, that one cohesion. vision. Yep. It's the, there. Lucasfilm has a story group, but even that story group is made up of so many different people that and it, they're they're well, not just doing movies and well and all of them are beholden to the movies all there's of them still are beholden there's to movies, yes. there's still that mentality that like the movies i mean it, i'm not saying this is necessarily wrong yeah but like the movies are like are key like yes. whatever the movies do we follow that yes but it's weird when you go like we establish this group the story group that's going to keep canon right in line right and then like they just let the movies go off and do whatever they want. And <laughs> right, then they're right, like, right. okay, now we got to like <laughs> readjust canon, readjust yeah, yeah, yeah. these things to make it fit. Well, yeah. I think, and I do think that Kathleen Kennedy is a traditional 
producer, executive producer in, in the sense that she is not overseeing each film to go like, oh, you can't do that because of what Ryan Johnson did. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like she's not doing that. She's trying to back the best films yeah. and trying to make decisions along the way, but she's mm -hmm. not a Kevin Feige. Yeah. She's not I mean, fulfilling which, the like, same role. If I were in her position and had her track record yeah. of movies, like I probably wouldn't deviate from right that I know exactly. plan of action either. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so let's, let's move now into your predictions. So one of the okay. things that, so Nick had actually reached out to the story geeks, geeks hosts and said, Hey, let's make some predictions about what you think will happen so that we can compare on the podcast, what we thought was going to happen mm -hmm. to what we did happen. I didn't formally write any of mine down, but I, yeah. I I've done so many podcasts on this topic. Uh, I can tell you exactly what some okay. of those things were. So you go yeah. first. Yeah. I did a uh, nine predictions of episode nine. <laughs> That's what I That's wrote, a, this yeah. should be a BuzzFeed article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call me BuzzFeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So the first one I had was about Ray. Okay. And I had just finished watching The Last Jedi. So I was like kind of trying to piece clues together. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was thinking, okay, Ray might be a clone created by the Emperor. Yeah. This would explain the dark ray in the trailer uh, and yeah. the endless line of rays in The Last Jedi when she has her force vision. Right. I was like, okay, that seems like it would make sense. So right, I, I right. was predicting that. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and also these are these aren't predictions of me like this is what I wanted to happen. Right. These is these were just purely what I thought was thought was indicated. going to happen. Yeah. Uh because like uh Looking at who who is in charge, who is directing the movie, right. J.J. Abrams, and who, who's writing it, also. So Abrams. I'm going to pause so, after each yeah. one to tell you if I had any related predictions. Okay, go ahead. So I had a related prediction. I have been predicting for a long period of time that Ray was going to be a Force creation, so not a clone, mm -hmm. but she was going to be a creation of the Force, similar to, similar to Anakin. Yeah, similar to Anakin, because because we got the indication that Anakin was probably created or either created by the Force or created by Plagueis. Mm -hmm. And if, if if he was created by Plagueis, then uh, therefore he was a dark side creation, yeah. right? So I kind of thought that Rey was going to end up being a um, a light side creation mm -hmm. to rise up against the dark darkness that was uh, coming through. So I was also wrong. Now that prediction I actually was hoping was true, mm. but obviously it wasn't. So yeah. second prediction. I, I'd be interested to see how they would have explained that. Yeah, that would have been really. It would have been. It would have been hard. It, well, it felt like it was. That was more of what Ryan Johnson's methodology was actually suggesting. That it was a nobody. That yes. and the and that he was also he was also bringing back that concept of balance. And when this mm -hmm. there's this one rises up, this one rises up. You know. And I was in favor of that. Like I was so happy when they said that Ray's parents were nobody. Yeah. I was like, that's fantastic. That makes her her us not only like a self-made hero but yeah. special because she's just special like it like a frodo you know yeah it's like yeah, nobody yeah. expects frodo baggins to be the one right. to destroy the ring and lord of the rings spoiler right. if you haven't seen lord of the rings. <laughs> 60 70 yeah. year old story yeah um but like that's what makes that story so powerful is that this nobody comes yeah. out of nowhere and right. changes the world right and that's what i like so much about ray being nobody yeah um so so just to i want to address that too i always really disliked that aspect of the last jedi hmm. purely because not not because i don't think that that's a cool theory to explore mm -hmm. or, or or a cool way to take the take a storyline 
I felt like because it was called the Skywalker Saga, there had to be some level of relative relational aspect. Mm. And secondly, J.J. Abrams' film, to me, when I watched it, I went, they're making such a big deal about her identity mm -hmm. that to turn around in the second film and go, oh, no, you're nobody. You're nobody at all. Like, you're not related to anybody. I felt like it had to be that the Force was doing it or, like, the Force was creating a Skywalker, if mm -hmm. you will, right? Yeah. Like, it had to be Skywalker. something relative to that or else it was like, I don't know why we're calling this the Skywalker saga. If you had done this in a non-Skywalker saga film, I'd be like, yeah, this is awesome, right? Mm -hmm. But that that's what didn't make sense to me. So that's why I was like, I don't under... It's not that I don't like the nobody stuff. I just don't understand how to contextualize it given what you've already told me is really important. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so my second one was Emperor Palpatine could be a clone too. Mm. That would that could have been his contingency plan. <laughs> right, right, like right. he was just going <laughs> to be around no matter what. And theoretically speaking, yeah. that could possibly still be true because he was obviously we saw the clones of Snoke. Mm -hmm. So theoretically speaking, he could have had other bodies that were. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you have anything that was similar to? No, uh, I, I uh, so clones have been a big thing ever since. Um, what well, was it in A New Hope when he said when they mentioned Clone Wars? The Clone Wars. Yeah. yeah. Um, so clones have been a big deal in Star Wars ever since that period of time and i can't stand clones if i'm being honest like i just don't get it it's it's like, a thing when when you start introducing clones yeah and time travel yeah that's where things good. can easily get like really murky and like as the author of a time travel story yeah. <laughs> either say you're doing time travel and do time travel as your main gimmick so that you can create rules or do not touch it because it mm -hmm. will create massive problems for you mm -hmm. absolutely yeah um so next I have uh, the love story between Rose and Finn will probably go nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one 100% right. And I got right. that one yeah. right. Oh my gosh. And it, I, I'm actually really surprised the disservice that they did to Rose for this movie. Because yeah. like JJ said publicly, he's like, of all the things that he did in Last Jedi, I'm so, I'm most thankful for him casting Kelly Marie Tran oh, yeah. as Rose. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. What are we going to see her do in this movie? nothing basically nothing <laughs> uh, right, and right, like right. even when she tries to do something like it's like in the script almost like when she tries to do something they go no yeah. <laughs> like don't, <laughs> don't yeah and like when finn is on the star destroyer he's like i'm gonna blow up the star destroyer and she's like finn i'm gonna help you and he's like no yeah yeah, yeah i'm gonna yeah, try yeah. to kill myself again <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this time you're not gonna save me yeah that's so like geez just give her something to do um, and, well, and, and just to back up that point, like he added new characters that Rose could have easily filled all yeah. the shoes of the new characters. To yeah, it, it feels to me like uh, and I've heard other people say this. So this is not just a, an original thought on my part, but it does feel to me like there is a there are recorded scenes mm -hmm. that amp up some of the other characters mm -hmm. in ways that we definitely did not see in the final edit of this. Yeah. Film. Like, why did. Mary from Lord of the Rings have more lines <laughs> than Rose Tico. Well, you know, the only reason for that is because he's buddies. Yep. Yeah, it's only it. yep. that's the only reason that Greg Grunberg is in a Star Wars oh, film, yeah. by the way. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> I guess you're allowed to do that if, you, if you're that famous. Yeah, and it was making me laugh, too, because um, when you see Rose and Finn in the same scene for the first time, I was like, okay, what are they going to do next year? Like, what's, what's their relationship after yeah. the last movie? 
and Finn literally pats her on the shoulder like, how you doing, buddy? And, <laughs> one, and then walks away. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's where we are. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was actually nervous about that when I saw that scene about to occur because it was so much of the fandom has been talking about those kinds of things. And I just felt like that whole aspect of... So, okay, going back to the, the two directors thing again, mm -hmm. I feel like J.J. Abrams was trying to suggest very early on in that film that Finn and Ray had a special connection. Mm -hmm. And that's why he kept trying to get back to Ray. Yeah. He kept saying, like, you have a boyfriend, a cute boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> like there was there was an attracted to one another yeah. type of they feeling. were they were naturally they naturally came together. Exactly. Then the chemistry between Daisy mm -hmm. and uh John Boyega was fantastic. Yeah. So I think that there is maybe I don't think it's intentional, but I think that by by JJ by um Ryan Johnson saying no, I'm going to introduce Rose and then have a Rose Finn thing. I think JJ was kind of like, no, mm -hmm. now we're not doing any of that because it's not about that. And we just got way off track, you mm -hmm. know. But anyways, yeah, that yeah. was awkward. <laughs> um, next one I got here is uh, Leia will get a peaceful send off. And I will say that's probably right. Yeah, I mean, she true. her her send off was very was very peaceful. Yeah, you know, absolutely. she absolutely she laid down and surrendered herself to the force. Yep holding her uh her medallion and by the way when they gave the medallion the other medallion yeah. back to chewbacca how amazing was yeah that moment? That finally was got his yeah. due that was really cool um next one i have uh lando will probably blow something up again <laughs> and i don't think he did that i don't think he blew anything up no he just piloted the millennium falcon yeah like he, he flew around and and saved finn and laughed a lot while flying he does also but, have uh, the most awkward scene in the entire movie. Yes. Um, I do not know what was going on. I heard an explanation for it. Yeah. But to me, the explanation made me go, then it had to do with the cut scene. Okay. Which to me said like, well, why didn't you cut that part too then? Yeah. It was, there was a scene where he, Lando is lamenting the loss of his only daughter. Oh. To the First Order. Yeah. And it's supposed to lead to that conversation where yeah. you find out that Jana is what, you know, she was a first order trooper that yep. defected like Finn. And you can make the connection. And then like they, they find out <laughs> right. that, that uh, their father and daughter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. when you take out that context, <laughs> it's just Weird. him perving out on this, <laughs> I on know. this girl. I know it was so, because, because the way that that scene is structured, in the way that the lines are delivered in that scene, nothing uh -huh. against nothing against the performances. No, but th it does feel when the scene starts that it is going to be like you're my daughter. But mm -hmm. then his response to her, and this is the script. This is not. Yeah, this is not him. But this is the script says. Well, maybe we should go find out together then. And you're like, yeah, that sounds from the guy we know has been set up as mm -hmm. the player. Yeah. of the galaxy. Yep. That line does not sound like something you would say to somebody who may be your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like every everything he says sounds <laughs> yeah. like it, it, like he's coming up like when he's like he's like hey give Leia my love. <laughs> like I know. You're like you're like whoa. Chill dude. out, man. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um yeah. So what else you got on your list? Uh let's see. Um Ray will take it upon herself to pass on what she's learned. Um, I guess I thought when when I wrote this down that we were going to see her mm. um, passing on like tr either training or showing her 
bringing on students or something. Yeah. And we didn't see that. I guess it's implied that maybe she will. Yeah. Because that was a whole theme in The Last Jedi was pass on what you've learned, right. even your failures. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess that that's probably something that will come up in like extended universe stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Um, oh, this movie creates a lot of opportunity for extended universe stuff. Almost every scene is like launching oh, yeah. new storylines. You can almost just like, hear them. Like you can almost hear a, a, a cha-ching go off every time yeah. there's a new There's a scene. book. Yeah, there's, there's a book. book. There's, there's a, a comic. Oh, there's a There's a film. video game. Like, <laughs> right, exactly. Everything. Exactly. Yeah. Like. Even like the introduction of um, what's it? What's her name? Zora. She's like she's like a bounty hunter with the mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, what is her bliss? Zora bliss. shows up for like two, three scenes. Yeah, like there's a whole there's a whole series right there. <laughs> show like a whole series totally. with her. Totally. Um, she should show up in the Mandalorian. By the way, yeah, she, she's be perfect cool. for that. Yeah. Um, the next one I have here is Poe will become a higher ranking official. Oh, you got that. And he did. Yeah, you got that. him and po that, I love that exchange, by the way, with him and Poe, where they're both trying to talk about different things. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, uh, um, Finn goes like, thank you very much. General, general, <laughs> <laughs> like, they just kind of, like, this, yeah, like cool. bow, like, look at where we're at now. <laughs> general, we're generals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll refer to each other. By the way, only if you do general. one cool thing in the rebellion or in the resistance yeah. at this point, you're a general. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it doesn't matter. And a, and a hero. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, there's one. So I think so far there, I have one, one left and I've gotten two <laughs> or three, three. That's not bad. That's not bad. Three. I got three. Uh, so yeah, the last one I mentioned earlier is Nine Num will make an appearance. So nice, he well was done. well done. I I thought, and the reason I put that in, I was like, well, if Lando's back, who's going to be his co-pilot? I was like, oh, it'll probably be Nine Num. That would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just have them both giggling in the cockpit together again. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, he was he showed up. I think in a couple scenes as more prominently. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Those, That's are, cool. those were my those were my nine predictions. Well, let that. me give you some of my predictions, some of the ones that were true, some of the ones that were not true. I really felt that in order to redeem um, Ben Solo and in order for Ray to find herself, so to speak, I thought they were both going to die. So I had been predicting that they were both going to die for a really long period of time, and of course, Ray didn't die. Like it was just mm -hmm. Ben. So I got half of my prediction right. Technically, they both died. Well, that's and, true, yeah, because <laughs> he brought her back to life. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I'm still wondering if this is probably not true, but I'm still sort of wondering if when he falls off the cliff, I know they show him climb back up, mm -hmm. but I'm almost wondering if that was still a force projection and he was a force projection the entire time. Now, I think his mm -hmm. clothes stay there when he they vanishes. Do. They do. So he's probably not a force projection, yeah. but I kind of felt like that was part of it, but I, I think I'm wrong about that. Um, Again, falling down chasms. Yeah, you're not dead. Dies. You're, you're going to be totally fine. Unless you're just stabbed it first. <laughs> yeah, Unless yeah. you're stabbed first and then you right. fall down a chasm. But even if you're cut in half, you can still yep. come back. Um, so uh, a couple more predictions from me. Uh, I did predict that she was going to have an amber lightsaber. Now, prediction mm. is, a, is, a, is, a, is a too concrete of a word. I was hoping she would have an amber-colored lightsaber mm. because it's a color that I've seen before. It's a color that I've really liked in the past, in the games mm -hmm. predominantly, yeah. and we haven't seen it yet. So I'm like, well, they're going to give us... I feel like they're going to give us something new. And yeah. so um, that was kind of cool to see that she had an amber lightsaber. Um I felt like Luke was going to be a much bigger player in this. Yeah, I felt too. like we were going to see Hayden Christensen. 
probably as a force ghost. Heard him. We did hear him, which yeah. is awesome. We also heard Kanan. We also heard Qui-Gon. We also heard Ahsoka Tano. Uh, so there's lots of voices in there that were that were cool um, mm. to hear from, and I would not have thought we we would have heard from them. But I thought we would have seen. I also m- maybe thought we would have seen Qui Gon as a I, ghost. I thought it would have been cool, and this might just because might be just because I'm a Dragon Ball Z fan. <laughs> but um, when she stands up and she says, "I am all the Jedi," yeah, I thought they all of the ghosts were going to be behind her. That would have been awesome. That would have been dope. Yeah, and like seeing just all the Jedi that have ever been. Yep. Again, I mean, that would have been expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Just right. to get people to stand <laughs> right, right. there on a green screen one day. Yeah. Would have been a lot more expensive than doing right. voice work. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but I, I think that would have been worth the expense because that just oh, would have, I, I, I would have been like just filled with like so much happiness oh. to see like all my favorite Jedi's again. Totally. And, like, and some of them are, would, were even animated. So seeing like, uh, live action version oh, of them, would dude. Be live action so version cool. of Ahsoka would have been amazing, yeah. right? So maybe like uh, in twenty years they'll do the uh, the JJ remaster. <laughs> right, and he'll exactly. go back and add things in <laughs> a dance number. Yeah, and, uh, and CG ghosts. will be so good at that point in time that we don't even need to hire the actor. We just put him <laughs> in there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I actually not only did I um, I really thought that that was going to happen because in the crawl. Which I keep saying things negatively. I really mm-hmm. like this movie. It, yep. That was the worst crawl I've ever read. <laughs> it was yeah. It was not a good crawl. When it starts um, with the dead speak, yeah. it's like what? Yeah, what is well, this? And that's why I thought like the dead speak and that rise, the rise of Skywalker, mm-hmm. the, combining those two things, I thought we were going to see sort of like the ghost resurrection of all those Jedi. So mm-hmm. when that moment was coming up, because of the even the crawl, I thought yeah. like, oh, they foreshadowed it, dude. They're all yeah. going to show up. This is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, what else did I, what were what were my other um, predictions? I would never have have in a million years predicted that Han Solo was coming back. So yep. that was not a thing I was predicting. I, see that I would not have predicted we would have seen as many scenes with Leia as we saw. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, think- I wish. I wish they didn't tell us how they brought her back to be in this movie. Yeah, because then like I could see the seams of oh totally like her dialogue and stuff totally. Just, I, w- I would much rather have been cool with the mystery of like, man, how did they do this? Exactly. Because totally it just agree. seemed like, you know, Ray going, I think this. What do you think, Princess Leia? Yeah. <laughs> Follow your heart. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> right, 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 right. Thanks, Leia. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They um, should have not told us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, other than that, I uh, don't think I had any other predictions that were even remotely accurate um Mm. what i did think was nice and i said this in some of my notes too i'll go back to being positive some of the things i thought were brilliant i did think that this film was predominantly about legacy Mm -hmm. and about uh just like yoda giving luke the final advice he needed the um, the passing of the torch to the next generation of characters Mm -hmm. i thought that was handled really really well i thought that you have basically you know, Leia and Luke passing their legacy on to Rey. Right. You had Han passing his legacy on to not only Ben, but also kind of Poe mm-hmm. and also kind of Finn, right? Like yeah. there's a lot that was done there. Um, so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh, I, uh, you even had legacy, you even had some legacies being subverted. So Palpatine's legacy was completely subverted mm-hmm. and then his legacy will not go on. Right. Yeah. And that was, I thought that was kind of cool too. So um, the legacy aspects of the film I thought were really good. 
the Chewbacca's response to Leia, Jim Baldwin mm -hmm. brought this up in the comments too. That was really satisfying, especially after we didn't yeah. really see anybody react to Han, mm -hmm. you know? Um, Chewbacca's response was... Yeah, his really, responses really were good. appropriate for both Han and Leia's death. I, I loved that scene in Force Awakens where he just screams and then shoots <laughs> basically shoots his, yeah, his yeah, nephew, yeah. basically, in <laughs> in the side. Right, right, right. And in this one, he just, like, breaks down. And yes. it's just, like, so heartbreaking. Yeah, it was really good. Really yeah. well done. Um, and then, that, and then the, just the ending that we talked about earlier in terms of what Ray chooses, where Ray is... I thought those were all really satisfying emotional moments that, mm -hmm. um, again, we could pick apart the plot for days mm -hmm. and talk about all of the things that are like, well, that was, seems like it was shoehorned in. Like, how did that work? Yeah. But from an emotional standpoint, I just really liked a lot of the a lot of that stuff. So it yeah. worked out really, really well. Yeah. And Ray, I, I love that they showcase uh, Ray's struggle between light and dark yes. more in this one. Yes. And it, it like came out. Yeah. And how kylo was trying to pull it out of her yeah that's and how great. she had to fight to resist it is yeah. very is very luke vader at the end of return of the jedi where yeah. vader's trying to yeah egg luke on and saying like oh maybe yeah. you know if you're not going to turn to the dark side maybe your sister will you know? right exactly and yeah. like you know he keeps trying to pull that out of her to the point where she <laughs> force Even lightnings the shuttle oh okay so yeah. there, there's some other things too i loved the palpatine taking their power their collective power and then just shooting lightning up into the space into space mm -hmm. that was an amazing effect yeah, i saw that in so uh, cool. dolby digital oh, so like yeah. oh my gosh it, the rumble that i got <laughs> oh, when he when cool. he shoots it up was just yeah. like like my whole body it was so just awesome so it, it it made that moment so impactful for me at that point as it should have. That was amazing. That was an amazing moment. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that, that we should that we should cover? We've been going almost for an hour and fifteen minutes here, so mm -hmm. we're about we'll close it up in a second. But any other uh, comments that you? So there's a couple people here live, and 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 they've made some comments too. Jim Jim was here live and made some comments. He talked about um, the the blade colors and what that mm -hmm. looks like in Legends, and and. It, with the problem with the uh, legends blade colors is that there's so many different things to draw from <laughs> yeah so because the games have like kind of more specific ways of dealing with that but mm -hmm. um, a lot of times you get to choose your own saber color anyway so mm -hmm. any, any any last thoughts about the rise of skywalker uh yeah like i mean for a little while now until it fizzles out yeah. over the next couple months or yeah, few yeah. months it's you know there's going to be a lot of negativity uh, about it and I'm saying like if you if you love it you know you're right if you, if, you <laughs> hate right. It, if you hate it you're right yeah but I will say like you do have to give it up to the filmmakers for this movie because this like it was a feat to yeah like, to pull this off Absolutely. and especially in such a short amount of time um like usually between Star Wars movies was like three years. Yeah. And since 2015, we got three Star Wars movies. <laughs> right, right, right. So plus Rogue, oh, One. Plus Rogue One and, and Solo. Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a TV show. Oh, and dude. like, so. By the way, the 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 Mandalorian is amazing. Oh, yes. so, so I put this out on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this. I think the reason they moved the date of the Mandalorian episode seven up because uh -huh. it was a big, it was a big question. Like, why did you move this up? Is, are we going to learn something in the Mandalorian uh -huh. that's going to impact yeah. the rise of Skywalker? I believe what it was is that the Mandalorian had already decided that they were going to make part of baby Yoda's. I know it's not Yoda. 
but yeah. for lack, <laughs> lack of a better description, Baby Yoda's power set was going to include physical healing, mm -hmm. something we've never seen in Star Wars before. Mm -hmm. And they released that ahead of the Rise of Skywalker to foreshadow that that power was available in some way, shape, or form mm -hmm. before we saw it used literally twice Right. In the Rise of Skywalker. Yes. So I th believe that's why that actually happened in the release date of that episode mm -hmm. of Change. So that's just my personal yeah. theory. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, though, to move the release date just for that. I know. Uh, it's like, I know. It's hilarious. It's like, I mean, I know the Force is magic. Yeah. So it's like, I know. And you don't have to explain it to me. Healing has been in, in the games for so oh, long. Oh, yeah. They like, you know, it's Jedi, just I think Jedi it. Outcast, Jedi uh, uh, Training. Academy, I think or? even it goes back to like some of the Dark Forces games, if I'm not mistaken, maybe had some healing in them. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. I'm, I'm, I'm um, that. Yeah. But like the, these movies were an incredible feat to to accomplish. Yeah. And like it, it deserves like props for that. Yeah. at the very least and it's it's cool that we can um sit down and and dissect these stories yeah um but you know just uh if you love these movies or if you hated these movies don't get angry at other people yeah. for <laughs> loving well, or is, hating them this is one of the reasons why i wanted to have this conversation and i think we we for the most part accomplished this i hope mm -hmm. um as be about like what are the storytelling things that happen and how do those impact people? Yeah. And why do some of these things happen? Well, some of them have to happen just because this is the way that stories are told. And so if you were to if you were to go in a different direction, it's not so much that the storytellers are saying, you know, giving you the middle finger, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's just that they're going like, yeah, that I mean, that's a fringe story that isn't really what we define as Star Wars, right? Mm -hmm. I think that the one thing that that you would have to admit looking all the way back to a new hope and then concluding with episode nine and for for this we'll just remove rogue one and, and mm -hmm. solo from consideration but if you took all of the things that had happened between episode one and episode nine you would i think you would have to say that the rise of skywalker really feels like a star wars film yeah you finish the film and you go like yeah that was star wars like you mm -hmm. may now mm -hmm. you may have issues with the interpretation of sky war sort of, of um of star wars in the modern era and you might want different things out of star yes. wars than you've been given for the last eight episodes and i'm not saying and then like what you're saying is feel free to feel that way mm -hmm. and, and i would say the same thing have whatever opinion you want yeah but at the end of the day this feels like star wars yeah it may not be the star wars that you wanted it is the star wars a lot of people did want mm -hmm. and for me i go it was it it, it was satisfying it had all the nostalgia that i needed for the part of the skywalker saga I hope we never have another Skywalker saga movie again. Yeah, I really love the Mandalorian. What I yeah, <laughs> I I felt such a relief after this movie. Yeah, and such an excitement for the future. Yes, because I was yes. like, I'm so glad we don't have to, we don't have to rely on nostalgia. Yes, in in Star Wars stories from now on. Exactly, and we can just look forward to something completely new. And I'm I'm so excited to see. A Star Wars movie and be introduced to characters I know nothing about <laughs> exactly, and have right. no connection to Skywalker, yeah, or Emperor or <laughs> right, <laughs> anything. Right. Even the even the story like uh, like the Mandalorian. I've said this uh, a lot of times, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and conclude the podcast here. But I've said this a lot of times. Like the Mandalorian is now my favorite Star Wars story mm -hmm. um, because I'm kind of tired of the of the Skywalker saga. It's yep. been amazing. I've loved yeah. it my entire life ever since I was a little kid. Uh, in the backyard, pretending I was Han Solo to today. Mm -hmm. Like it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. I'm so happy with yeah. it. 
And now I want to see what some other people have to say in this world. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm really happy about that. And that's my plug to listen to our Mandalorian show. We have one more show coming up because we have, we're breaking down each and every episode of the Mandalorian. That is actually not on the story geeks podcast. It is on the podcast that is titled the story geeks talk Disney plus it is our sister channel. If you just search for the story geeks, by the way, in most places, the story geeks talk Disney plus comes up first. It's just, <laughs> I don't know why, but it does. And so you can listen to us talk about the Mandalorian there. We also have two great podcasts coming up that you were a part of that I wasn't on. In fact, I think this yes. is the first time we've ever podcasted together. It is. And uh, <laughs> this is my first live one. Oh, yeah. I've never well, done a live one. There you go. This is what a live one feels like. It feels a lot like a normal one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also, um, yeah, it's a pleasure to, to have you on the show and, and actually interact with you. Yes. Because I've only listened to you before. But you <laughs> are on two shows that I was not a part of. You mm -hmm. have Redemption as a theme in all of the Star Wars yes. that will come out in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, you were on a podcast about uh, the religion of Star Wars and the yes. influences of Buddhism and Christianity specifically. Yes. Um, mostly because George Lucas seemed to be exploring the Christian politicization of religion in the prequel trilogy mm -hmm. and mostly because everything else is predominantly Eastern mysticism. Mm -hmm. And so we took Buddhism and we took Christianity and, and, and talked mm -hmm. about that. So both fun yeah. conversations, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. We, uh, had a couple of, um, Buddhists, um, on our, on that podcast. Cool. Um, and then on it, and also that was me and Sandra that were on that one. And then the redemption one, uh, was me and Sandra and, oh shoot, George, George, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which yeah. is awesome. So, and so really look for those for the next, uh, two, three weeks, we'll be releasing those. So still some more star Wars content out into January. Uh, if you're not subscribed or you're not following us on Podbean, make sure you do that because that's where you get to listen to the shows live. If you don't follow us on Podbean, then don't worry about it. Our podcast will be released on Tuesdays predominantly. Um, moving forward, it'll all be Tuesday releases and you will get them. Even if you didn't listen live, you will get the access to it on your preferred podcast provider. So if you didn't, if you didn't get a chance to listen to our entire breakdown today, just stay tuned. It'll come out on the main feed this coming Tuesday. And we really appreciate you guys dropping by to listen. Question, as we say on the Story Geeks podcast, question everything in your favorite geek stories, including Star Wars, and always seek the truth. <laughs>